Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. TV Malik, he is Ace Metaphor. Welcome to 224 The Basement. Yeah, so, in yeah. case you guys don't know, me and Ace go back in the day. We go back way till we was knee high to a grasshopper. Some of you guys <laughs> already know me from my other two shows, Love War Challenges and The Hit List. This is the first show that I'm bringing to you guys that isn't based on the challenge. This is going to be me and my homeboy going over music. TV shows, anything pop culture, pretty much anything we fucking feel like it. So, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed the ride. Ace, what's really good with you, man? Hey, man, it's me. It's me. It is the ACE. I am Ace Metaphor, aka Ken Masters. Back for more. Back for war. Ready to do it up with my Ace Bone Cone, MTV <laughs> Malik. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm just happy to be here, man, and get it chopping. no doubt a lot of people who's listening to this already know me from somewhat they either met me in nashville or they know me from being generally annoying and problematic on twitter so they already have a good sense of me what do you want them to know so they can have a good sense of you i feel like the number one thing you need to know about me um i'm an artist hip-hop recording artist 1245music.com check out the music and all that Definitely a heavy gamer. You know what I'm saying? I'm about that life. Sony life. Anime. Anything Japanese, basically. Um, Sake, sushi. I'm I'm with it. I'm 100% with it. And I'm probably going to seem like the more rational one between the two of us, but I promise you I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it got me thinking... You know, they always have a slur about, oh, you're yellow on the inside, white on the inside. What's what's right, right. black on the outside, yellow on the inside? Me. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's wild. Like, I never had anybody come up with, like, a specific term for it. And it's crazy, too, because, like, mad black people, mad, like, hood dudes and shit like that will be super into Asian culture. Like, they love anime, Dragon Ball Z and no, all that. absolutely. I see something on Facebook, and, it, and it's a big, it's a big group on Facebook. It's called Blurds for Black Nerds, and the funny mm. thing is, and, and it's full of, you know, it's full of anime references, you know, things like Gundam Wing, Dragon Ball Z, Yu Yu Hakusho, yeah. Tenchi Muyo, yeah, it's all that good shit. So 
one of the things I love the most about uh, Twitter and Facebook is that it has made groups and has made these uh, subcultures and has given them a place to all meet up and pretty much Fact. talk shit about each other at or support either <laughs> one. <laughs> Cause I, and, that, and that's the thing, like growing up, especially if you grow up in the hood, you feel kind of out of place if you like something like that. If you like anything outside of like hip hop music and collard greens, like people look at you like you crazy. You know what I'm saying? So Yo, it's dope that the fact. internet gives you a place to really like find other people who fuck with what you fuck exactly. with. Exactly. And, and it's definitely dope I get to do this with you because we discovered mm. a lot of the same stuff around the same time. Things like anime Facts. we was always into. When Linkin Park came on, it was just like side-eye, like, yo, yo, you, these motherfuckers is hard. You know, I remember being in high school <laughs> and somebody come up to me like, yo, what the fuck are you listening to, fam? I'd be like, yo, son, is that new Papa Roach? Yo, what you mean you, last resort? You don't fuck with this? Like, yeah, <laughs> yo, it was the worst shit in the world. It made high school really, really hard. A little bit easier for me because I'm pretty much the same size then. So I started punching people's right. heads in, which made it a little bit easier. But not everybody could be six feet, 225 pounds, you know? Right, which was my problem. <laughs> well, see, I, I, I got away with a lot of shit because I was friends with people who were six foot, 250, 275, 300 pounds. So I could do whatever the fuck I wanted to. Which was awesome. But yeah, like, it's, it's dope that, you know what I'm saying, when, when the internet is used correctly, it's super exactly. dope that you can find people to fuck with and, like, really just be yourself with literally complete strangers. So, yeah, shout out to the internet being used correctly. <laughs> exactly. Now, if you don't want to use it correctly, there's plenty of places for and and shit with So, you got to get in where you fit in. <laughs> I believe it's called 4chan. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it you is know, what it is. A lot of people joke that Reddit is the um, is like the bottomless pit, is the dark place of the internet, but it really isn't. It gets so much more it's worse. Not. Oh my god! My guy Tyler from the Hit List usually handles most of the uh, the the Reddit contact that we have, and actually the mm. support and stuff that we get from Reddit, astonishing, astonishing. That's Definitely dope. 4chan. So. Let's go ahead and get into the show. There was a lot of great projects that came out in 2019. Every week, we're going to go over some of these things. Whenever they're movies, music, regular pop culture, stories, just anything that piques our interest that we feel like we can discuss. So when I talked to you earlier this week, you gave me a album. And which, and which album was that? Uh, that was Revenge of the Dreamers. Um, that was the Dreamville project, which I, I, I was a little nervous getting into. I don't know if, if if a lot of people heard about it, but basically, like, I want to say it was it started like in 2018, where people were getting like invites to this crazy studio session, right? And yeah, it was like Willy Wonka or some shit. They were getting like golden tickets or something like that. Pretty much, you know what I'm saying? Like people would be like on on Instagram bragging like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to the Dreamville session," blah blah blah. So like, I'm I was nervous. Like, it was a lot of names. It was a lot of people going to that studio session, so I'm just like, it, it almost seemed like it was too much. And when you listen to the album, the album is 30 tracks, which, uh, that's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> um, but it's, it sounds just like that. It sounds like a bunch of dudes who got together, they were having fun, they were listening to some beats, and they put together some dope tracks. There's no, like super overarching concept or anything like that it's just a bunch of cool music you know um my first playthrough 
I think I actually because I listened to it on Spotify. So like when I was listening to it their first playthrough, I liked 15 tracks. Like I picked up my phone and I hit the heart on 15 tracks, which not bad considering I don't know who most of these people are. Like <laughs> I could literally I could only name three people on the album that I really knew like that. J. Cole, J.I.D. and T.I. That's it. Everybody else was brand new to me. I, I wasn't really familiar with their sound, with their, you know, with their style, nothing. So 15 tracks on the first playthrough I thought was pretty good. The most impressive thing to me, though, I was playing Monster Hunter with the music in the background. That's usually what I do. You know, I zone out and just be playing video games. Listening to the album made me stop playing the game. Mm. Something about it made me put down my controller and start doing productive shit. Now, I'm not, this is not, like, the album, the album's not on some, like, most deaf, Talib Kweli, common type shit. Like, it wasn't that type of music, but there was something about it. I, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I, I am a fucking weirdo. But I turned my game off and immediately, like, started doing designs on my laptop. I started, like, cleaning up the room. I st- Like, I was doing mad productive shit, and I could not even explain why. So, to me... That's a good album. Like, it made me do shit. So, I don't know if that was their goal, but it worked. I mean, when it comes out of music, it all boils out of one thing. How does it make you feel? Not how is it mm. perceived, who likes it. It's just how does it make you feel. So, the fact that, that these days the music can make you feel anything, that's a plus. Mm. Even if it's downright hate. I remember being at the office every Friday, usually around noon before everybody starts heading out to lunch, I blast Rebecca Black's Friday. Just to let them know, <laughs> this is terrible, but it's also almost all over. So it just became a tradition in the office, and it was the greatest thing in the world. Now, for me, I this project, it. now, I do like J. Cole. I'm a J. Cole right. fan. I'm yeah. a J. Cole fan who hates other J. Cole fans. You know, we, we got a guy back home. His name is Tough Tone, a huge J. Cole fan, Ooh, and he bears shit. the brunt of any J. Cole criticism it is. One of my biggest criticisms about J. Cole is J. Cole drops a project and it is amazing and thoughtful and well fleshed out and you play it through, you love every single minute and then you never listen to it ever again in your fucking life. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how I feel about a lot of J. Cole's music. I do like J. Cole. It's just mm. that... it's. It's not as you know. It's not exactly Final Fantasy VII. It's replay value. It's pretty low. So, <laughs> nice I love the, the album. Thank you, thank you. I love the album. But <laughs> this is one of the albums with the best things about it, are also the worst things about it. And the worst things about it are the best things about it. Mm. It is a lot of tracks. And these days, we all know why Spotify artists drop such huge albums. It brings right. in the money. They get a higher percentage. It's a data dump. Even though I feel like. This right. is more of a thoughtful data dump than like what Migos gave us uh, with Culture 2. So, mm. or Chris Brown with that shit that he dropped. I'm sure it was great, but 14 tracks into it, I had shit to, I had to go to work. Like, I can't listen to your Bruh. fucking 42 track album right now. Chris Brown really, not only did he drop an album with that many tracks on it, but the strategy that he used, I swear to God, he swagger jacked that straight from the K-pop universe. Like, Everything that he was doing, all of the strategies that he was using are the exact same strategies they use to to boost uh, streaming numbers on YouTube and Spotify and shit like that for K-pop artists. Crazy. 
and you know Migos picked it up Chris Brown picked it up and when you see these huge double album 40 track projects drop that's really what it is right so that's not the worst thing about it all a couple of things I loved. I love the fact that this is J. Cole rapping with a whole bunch of people. A lot of people got on J. Cole. For never doing features. Exactly. So, you know, one of my favorite memes is the guy at the urinal, and the other guy walks in, walks past, you know, 30 open urinals right next to the other guy and goes, did you know J. Cole won album of the year without having any features on it? <laughs> <laughs> so, I feel like, so I feel like this was a direct rebuke against that. Sadly, mm. as, as dope as that is, most of the strongest tracks on this project is going to circle around where J. Cole is at. I mean, Middle Child mm. is by far going to be the best thing. And, and the thing is, you got tracks with, you know, three people you never heard of over a beat that's not your favorite. It's easy to dismiss those tracks. Now, True. some of these people shine. Uh, J.I.D. definitely shined. That down bad track with Bass. And um, um, the solo track by Earth Gang was really, really good. So there's a lot of there's a lot of great moments. One of my favorite things is as I get older is, especially when it comes to projects, is continuity and, um, and how tracks relate to one another. And this just says like, mm. yeah, we're not doing that. This sounds more like, uh, like a movie <laughs> soundtrack, or it does sound like very much a posse Ooh. people got together and put it out, which is a great thing. But as I get older, it's not really something I'm looking for. So as sometimes, to me, it sounds a little bit disjointed. How did you feel about the over right. about the album overall and how it flowed together? And that, you know what? And that that goes back to what I was saying when I when I heard what the process was going to be for putting the album together. I kind of felt like it was going to be this. And if I if I didn't know what they were doing, if I didn't know how they set this up, I would probably be disappointed by the album. But knowing that it was just like, "Yo, come through and record." That's what they gave me with this album. You know, they had the one joint on there. And again, I don't I don't know names like that. Um, but it was it was one joint with a, a dude from TDE. And him and this dude that's on Dreamville was basically going back and forth about like, um, you know, I'm trying to get to where Isaiah Rashad is at. I'm trying to get where Schoolboy Q is at. I'm thinking of leaving Dreamville if, you know what I'm saying, I'm not getting what I want. And the other dude from TDE was like, well, I'm not on your label. I said we just rob them. I think that was um uh was that the Lambo truck truck um track? Yes, 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 yes. yes. Lambo truck. That with, is um, my shit. Uh, at Cause Reason and Childish Major. Bruh, that shit was hard. And I I love I love tracks that tell the story. And unfortunately, when you're dealing with a situation like this, when you're dealing with like a bunch of posse cuts and stuff like that, you're not really gonna get a lot of stories. You're gonna get a lot of kind of braggadocious you know i got this i got that i'll take Everybody your this i'll take your that each other right right you know what i'm saying so between the lambo truck joint and then the the jid ti joint that shit was hard too uh ladies 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 i think it was called yes that shit so like that was a great track there are some fucking gems on here but like you said it does feel a little disjointed it does feel like they didn't have an overarching concept so it's like I, I feel like it's good for this. If you put the album on shuffle, you're not losing anything. <laughs> Whereas if you like, if you go back and you listen to uh, Forest Hill Drive, or even if you if you listen to like uh, Kendrick, like to Pimp a Butterfly, you can't listen to that in shuffle. You have to listen to that shit as intended, or it you feel wrong. 
So I feel like this shit I'm, I put into my Spotify mix and all that. Like I got like over 3,000 songs and some shit like that. And I just let them rock. When these songs come up, they fit. You know what I'm saying? So like you said, it's a good thing and a bad thing, a bad thing and a good thing. You know, all depends on perspective. Exactly. And you said something that really got to me. Mm. Up until up until like last week, I, didn't, I had no idea about the process of the recording album. I didn't know mm. they brought in hundreds of artists and producers and they made 120 tracks and whittled it down. I had no idea. I thought that was very interesting. And once you know that, going into the album, it definitely changed how you hear it. Absolutely. Damn, I guess we got to come up with a rating system, don't we? See, okay, now I am 110% against a rating system. And I'll okay. tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because I am me, you are you, right? Now, right. we're friends. So for us to come up with a rating system just among friends is hard as fuck. Now, for some <laughs> random cat that's listening to this in Iowa or Montana or whatever, like, he has no, no kind of prospect, no type of perception of, like, who we are, what we've been through, the lives we've had and all of that shit. I don't want to fuck up his enjoyment of this album because he hears me put an arbitrary number to this shit. So what I would say is we keep it simple and just be like, hey, you should check this out, or maybe you might want to pass on this shit. That, that would be me. You know what? I actually agree with you. Uh, sometimes simplicity is the best way to go. I say we could easily go with thumbs up or thumbs down. Absolutely. Perfect. Boom. Siskel uh, and Ebert never did it better. <laughs> what the fuck is Siskel and Ebert? <laughs> You're not going to sit here and act like you don't know who they are. You're not that ignorant. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's just one of them now. Did, did one of them retire? Uh, no, one of them died. Uh, um, <laughs> same difference. <laughs> oh shit! Ah, uh, yeah, yep. You're still an asshole. Oh, uh, yeah, that has to change. Which one was it though? I think, I think Ebert is. Damn, which one is it? Who's still alive? I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. Without Google, I have no answer for that. Okay, Google. Oh, which shit. one of Cisco and Ebert is still alive? Okay, oh. Cisco's dead, so Ebert is still up kicking. I bet. Yo, okay. you go, Ebert. Staying alive <laughs> and shit. Good for you. <laughs> yo, fam, that is really, like, that is to be applauded. Like, yo, you're still alive? Good job, bro. Still here fighting <laughs> a good fight. Uh, but no, nah, this, this album, I definitely give this album a thumbs up, man. Like, absolutely. I'm going to have to agree. I would give it a thumbs up. I will give it a one-time thumbs up. Listen to it, enjoy mm. it, talk to your friends about it, and then uh, pick your three or four favorite songs and keep moving on with your life. And can we, can we touch on that for a second, too? Because I feel like people go so hard, like, oh, that album's garbage, this album's garbage. Like, bro, just take what you want and keep it pushing. Like, why can you not do that? And go the fuck on. I think as I've gotten older... Because, I mean, you remember how we was back in the day. It was all about lyrics, oh, yeah. cannabis, suspected deck. And now nah, I don't want right. to hear that little club shit. Fuck. Now that I got older, I kind of I I softened up about it. You know? Oh, absolutely. Especially, yeah, yeah. especially with the music these days. You just can't take it so seriously all the time. Facts. Absolutely. And speaking of, speaking of people who don't take shit too seriously, there's some people in filmmaking who doesn't take shit too seriously. And that's going to be people like Michael Bay. 
Which goes ahead and brings us to our next topic. You asked me to watch another movie, and um, I did. It's a movie that I seen on Netflix. I, I didn't really watch it. Like I knew about it, and I was in my mm. watch list. But I was like, all right, I'll go ahead and check it out. And that is going to be Six Underground. Oh yes, oh yes. Now, I like Michael Bay. I like Michael Bay for all of the reasons there is to like Michael Bay. Which is funny because I don't. I fuck with Michael Bay because Michael Bay is the, for me, is the, because I like good movies. I like shit like Roma, The Town. I like great actors, you know, like Ben Affleck, greatest actor of all time, you know. Whoa, okay, <laughs> we're going to be that guy today. All right, no doubt. No something doubt. <laughs> something tells me that's something we're probably going to have to touch on at some point later on this season yep. about why Ben mm-hmm. Affleck is... <laughs> and, and, and why our friendship is in danger. You know, I just wanted to slide that in and gauge the response because that's going to come up at some point. But I like Michael Bay because Michael yep. Bay, he's my, he's that little Yachty song that I don't think is so bad, you know, that I can listen to in the car and, <laughs> and, won't, turn, and won't just slam the car into a fucking wall, you know? Sometimes it's okay to turn off your brain and just enjoy something. And let me tell you something, Rainbow Six okay. is the $150 million equivalent of that. Does it have a great story? No. He really just called care? the movie Rainbow Six. I love it. <laughs> Do you particularly care about any of the trappings of any of the characters? No, they might as well be fucking robots. You might as well have bought the Transformers in here. Besides the, besides the lady who played the CIA lady, who, I don't know, I, I forget her name, but she's a great actress. It's dumb. It's mm-hmm. explosions. It's booties. It's car chases. And you know what? It was thoroughly enjoyable. When I watch it a second time, Probably not, but I could play it in the background while I do something else and not hate it. How did you feel about Rainbow Six? I'm sorry, not Rainbow Six. Six I, Underground. Yeah. I don't play Rainbow Six. It's like this is the Tom Clancy film directed by Michael Bay. Nah, honestly, I thought this shit was dope. It felt a little disjointed, to be honest. It felt kind of like it was supposed to be a, a miniseries, which I think would have been dope for Netflix. but. I I don't know like everything fit to me the, the the characters were cool the 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 action was on point which it fucking better be it's Michael Bay yeah like it was it was it was a dope film man it was like you said it was it was turn your brain off just enjoy it you know what I'm saying it wasn't too complex it wasn't you know it wasn't like Mission Impossible it wasn't Jason Bourne it wasn't you know what I'm saying anything like that. But it feels like Michael Bay was trying to be Mission Impossible, especially when you put it next to something like um, Fallout, specifically Mission Impossible Fallout. It also feels like he's setting up for a franchise. Like, this is something they might want to bring back. Probably not right. for $150 million. They're like, hey, you could do this for 90 Like, less talk. Well, I mean, and that's, that, that's what I was talking about before. Like, it felt like the movie felt a little disjointed because it felt more like it should have been a Netflix series instead of a Netflix movie. Like, when they, you know, and we're not doing spoilers or nothing like that, but, like, the overall premise is we got villains, we want to kill villains. So they kind of give you, like, a list on some Kill Bill shit, and you want to see this list go down. And it felt like a better way to do that would have maybe been one-hour episodes instead of, you know what I'm saying, just this one movie. But they probably wouldn't have been able to pay those actors and keep them around for an entire series, so... 
it wouldn't do bad as a uh, you know uh, uh asshole of the week uh kind of thing going on you know like x-files had a monster mm. of the week you know this week we got this asshole we got to take that that would have been that would have been definitely great. The special effects I would have been was with definitely that. on point. Michael Bay never disappoints in the uh, the scene with the pool was fantastic, and the scene with the uh, mm. the magnet was also dope. I mean, these are these are prime things that that Michael Bay is able to really break ground on and really showcase the best that he has to do. I mean, don't get me right. wrong, we're going to That's get the, the circle shit. shots, we're going to get the upskirts. But these things are really, really dope to watch and how he brings these things to life. Not everybody would be able to bring Transformers to life in the way that Michael Bay did. And those movies, like, the way they looked on screen, I mean, besides when they transformed, because it got close up and it was a fucking mess. But outside of that, most of it was pretty good. With these, these, these was a little bit enjoyable. The special effects were cartoonish, which, which made you take it less serious, which isn't always a bad thing. Not everything has to be marriage stories. Right, right. And I and I would say I would say this was a perfect example of kind of marrying like that old school 80s like G.I. Joe kind of vibe. You know what I'm saying? Where you know, they're not exactly superhuman, but they're doing shit that's just a little bit above what your average person should be able to do. Like right. it was it was good. And the the uh, a lot of the interactions between the characters were cool. I would love to see some of that developed a little bit more and stuff like that if they do franchise it like Apparently they got the guys, um, they got the script writers from Deadpool, so that's why we got a pretty decent dialogue. I'm not gonna say a great script, but I'm gonna say the dialogue and the ping pong and back and forth, and that shit just rolls off of Ryan Reynolds easily. So he he was perfectly cast in doing this. So I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. You can watch it, but similar to J Cole, you can watch it once and never really have to worry about watching it again. But if you got a whole bunch of people at the house. Y'all not trying to watch anything too serious or just kick it back. It's mm. perfectly fine. Don't watch it with kids. Yeah, no, no, no. That, yeah, now nah, your kids can't enjoy this one. Put on, <laughs> put on the Pokemon movie for that shit. If you want Ryan Reynolds and kids, Pokemon. If you want some drinks with the homies, Six Underground. <laughs> you know what? I forced the Pokemon movie on my kids, and we're definitely going to have to talk about that at some point this oh, season. Oh, oh, no doubt. Oh, no doubt. That's definitely got to come up. Yeah, um, <laughs> God, God damn it. So, let's get into some shit that happened this week. I know there, there's one topic that I, I, I want to avoid that I know we're going to have to talk about. And, What's uh, that? Kobe, bro. Listen, Kobe was a good basketball player, and he died. We're sad. LA is sadder. Say something nice on social media and move the fuck on. That's how you fit. Okay. All right. Well, I, I can't say anything better than, you know, the Lakers owner you know, who was crying to ESPN, can't do that shit. I think everybody feels sad. I don't think people should kick him while he's down, you know, with, with the allegations and stuff. We're all aware. Oh, that Gail Kim shit was garbage. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, but, but also, I could kind of feel Gail Kim. It was kind of taken out of context, and she was using it as a platform to kind of bury it. Can we all just say, let's bury this? So I get that, but she's also a journalist a respected journalist. Her job is to ask hard questions. Did it have to be right now? No, maybe not. But I wasn't particularly hurt by it. I'm fully aware of the allegations and how people feel about it. And the mm -hmm. fact that there's still some questions about it. But at the same time, Kobe put it to bed. His wife put it to bed. The other party put it to bed. I think it's okay. We put it to bed. 
absolutely agree. And and honestly, one of my biggest problems with the situation, which I, I have a problem anytime a celebrity dies, somebody who is influential, not only in their particular field, but somebody who is looked at as motivational or as a role model, people, do not forget what a person stood for. You know what I'm saying? Like, Kobe Bryant was somebody who put in so much work there was, a, there was a story about him, and this is when I, I respected Kobe more than anything. When he was working, uh, when he was with the Olympic team, right? All the time, differences and stuff like that, you know, they had a game at 8 o'clock in the morning. Kobe's up at, like, 4 in the morning. On the phone with the trainer, like, hey, yo, could you come down to the gym? I want you to check out my shot, you know, just make sure it's good. He's Kobe Bryant. What is he checking his <laughs> shot for at 4 in the morning? And then after the game is over, you know, you want to go see the city. You want to, you know what I'm saying? You got to do interviews. You got to do this. He's back in the gym. He's Kobe fucking Bryant. What more are you practicing? His work ethic, the amount of time and love and effort that he put into what he cared about, that's some shit people need to learn from. You know, oh, I'm sad he's gone. I'm sad he's gone. Yeah, but what did you learn? And are you carrying any of that with you? And I seen the same shit when, when Nipsey Hussle died. Everybody, oh, Nipsey died, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but what did you learn from him? And are you carrying it with you? You know what I'm saying? Don't just talk shit and be like, oh, you know, he was this, he was that. Yeah, he did for himself. He gave you a blueprint. Are you following it or not? You know what I'm saying? So what I think cats need to do is if you really want to honor somebody, if you really love this person, respected this person for whatever reason it was, you need to take something from that person, apply that shit to your life, and that's how you show that motherfucker respect. So, yeah, that's that's my main piece on that. Now, I'm a big fan of Anthony Jessen. Definitely one of my favorite comedians. And Oh, he's his, fucking hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> one of his breakout Netflix special was Thoughts and Prayers. And he talked about how people get on social media Oh, I want to give my thoughts and prayers. He says, those people are useless. You're not giving your money. You're not giving your time. You're just saying, don't forget about me. Right. I feel that way about a lot of people. I have said nothing about Kobe Bryant on social media or anything. I think Kobe Bryant is one of the greatest basketball players ever. I respect his work ethic. But I'm not a Kobe fan. I'm, I, don't get me wrong. I know his career. I know his accomplishments. I'm mm. not taking nothing away from him. But also, I'm not going to kick a man while he's down. Just because I wasn't a huge Kobe fan. It's not the personal. I don't know the guy. It's just that, you know, you right. like who you like. You don't like who you like. You like. I like the Knicks. Nobody's hurt me more in my life than the Knicks. I mean, you think I got mom <laughs> issues or problems in my relationship? Nobody has done more dirt to me than the fucking New York <laughs> Knicks. I still, <laughs> I still stick with those motherfuckers. <laughs> the main Jesus thing is, Christ. if you don't have something nice to say or something positive, people are really hurt. And Kobe meant a lot to a lot of people. I didn't live in LA. Facts. I'm not a Lakers fan, nor am I a Kobe fan. But don't use this as an opportunity to dump on people. I mean, you got some comedians hiding behind the ruse of, oh, I'm just being funny, or, or nothing is sacred in comedy. I got an idea. You just shut the fuck up for a little while. You know what comedy is? Comedy is tragedy plus time. So right. give it a little bit of time. Like right now, sure, you can make a joke about 9-11. Some people are going to find it funny. Some people are going to groan. But that's okay. You know when that, you know when it wasn't a good time to do that? September twelfth. So Right, exactly. <laughs> like just chill, just chill out. We're not saying you can't make the joke, 
Just not right now, fam. Just not right now, man. Like, Give people time. Some people are really all. hurting. So with that, Facts. I would say when it comes to Kobe's past, yo, put put it to the bed. Remember the good things about a person. Leave out all the rest. And don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with remembering the person in their entirety. I'm not saying mm. forget about what happened, but I'm just saying just don't throw it in the face of the people who still grieve or the people who still feel some kind of way. There you go. There we go. I like it. There you go. A little maturity. <laughs> Every once in a while. Now, let's get back to that bullshit. <laughs> Next story. And um, this is definitely one of my favorite is uh, Billie Eilish. So, oh, man. I discovered Billie Eilish actually while doing my other show, Love War Challenges. Okay. One of the guys says, like, yeah, I guess I'm just a bad guy. He started singing the song. What the fuck are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm singing that oh, Billie no. Eilish song. No. No. Never heard the song in my life. Recently, maybe about a month ago, you know, I took some time and I listened to the project. Not a bad project. Uh, she can sing. I actually do like a lot of the songs on the project. Some of the songs outside of it, like Ocean Eyes, favorite song. Like, that's a beautiful song. This week, she decided to come out with some opinion on rap music. So, apparently, Billie Eilish told Vogue magazine earlier this month, is there's a difference between lying in a song and writing a story. There are tons of songs where people are just lying. There's a lot of that in rap right now. For people that I know who rap, it's like, I got my AK-47, and I'm fucking, and I'm like, what? You don't have a gun. And all my bitches, I'm like, what bitches? That's posturing, and that's not what I'm doing. Very, very interesting. Now, similar to a lot of music I listen to, I listen to Billie Eilish Project, grab the two, three songs I like, move the fuck on. I don't dislike her. She, you know, she has a, her own style. She dresses like, I don't know, she dresses like she's a big pun or some shit. And, you know, she sings these sad songs. That's accurate as fuck. <laughs> over weird music. And, and it's not bad. And, and it's a very, very nice break from a lot of the current things that are out. But Billie Eilish can do with a little bit of shutting the fuck up. Uh, you're not a rapper. You're not a member of this community. And, and she's using the same criticism that people have used to, to bash rap, which is a mostly and largely African-American culture. You're not a part of it. Guess what? We don't really care about your opinion. Yeah, you can totally keep that shit to yourself. And honestly, like, I feel like the way Styles P handled that shit was fucking perfect. Like, yes. So Styles P decided to offer up his opinion, and he dropped that on Twitter. He says, uh, rappers can say whatever the fuck they want, and pretty much all rappers are like, if you don't like it, then don't listen, and mind your damn business. So he hopped on Twitter. He goes, who is Billie Eilish? Why the fuck do we care what she thinks? And she is sort of right, but she don't get the culture, nor is she part of it. So why do we give a fuck? How or why is her opinion important to us? And that is the main sentiment that most people feel. Who the fuck are you to comment on our shit? Don't get me wrong. I'm not into politics, but because I vote, I do have a say, and my opinions do matter because my vote counts. You know what I'm not? I'm not a fucking astronaut. So I can't go ahead and tell an astronaut <laughs> how to do a fucking spacewalk. Now, that is a gross exaggeration of a metaphor. But, you know, yeah. but, but guess what? It's, it's not just shit to really comment on. And, and, and all you're doing is using the same argument that people have used to dismiss hip-hop as a culture and, and pretty much bash it. All you're doing is, is, is low-hanging fruit. And, and what, I, what I don't understand is why can't hip-hop artists tell stories, too? 
Exactly. Quentin Tarantino makes a movie. Well, like, yeah, and, and, and that was the other point, too. Like, you know, Nas do a song, you know, as if he's a gun. I heard um, Lupe's dude, Gemini, he did a song, you know, from the perspective of a dollar bill or something like that. Like, yeah, these cats are playing a role. These people are playing a character. They're trying to give their audience what they believe their audience wants to hear. And that's the same shit. You know, people talk so much about the violence and rap music and all of that shit. But, you know, you was about to bring up Tarantino, one of my favorite fucking directors of all time. But everyone fucking dies in his movies. Everybody, everybody dies, and there's end bombs everywhere. Like, and you know, and Tarantino isn't running around shooting people up. So because he's not shooting people up and stabbing people and blood and chopping people up with a samurai sword in the dojo, it doesn't mean <laughs> he doesn't have the authority to make a movie about it. Rap, it's unfair the amount of authenticity that has to be put on rap. Oh, you can't rap about it if you're not doing it. Right. Which I think is total bullshit. I remember on Goodwill Hunting, there was a scene where um, Matt Damon tells a joke about being on the plane, and you know, oh, and he starts to joke, "Hey, I'm sitting on the plane." The pilot says this, and you know, he just tells a joke, and mm. Robin Williams comes back. He goes, "Have you ever been on a plane?" He goes, "No," but the joke works better in the first person, and I feel like that's a lot with rap music. Some of these stories, which are completely fabricated or made up, some of them have a point, some of them don't, some of them are there just to entertain. You think fucking right. Six Underground had a overarching point about goodness in the world? <laughs> if it did, no one gave a fuck. So you're allowed <laughs> to have any point you want. You could tell it in any perspective that you want. You can embellish as you want because everybody else and every other form of media does the same. You think, exactly. you know, Akira Toriyama can't make, a, you know, he made a Japanese guy throw fucking fireballs and destroy the moon. It doesn't mean he's actually out there destroying moons. Don't put this kind of pressure on the hip-hop. It's unfair. It's unneeded. And really, all you had to do was say nothing. And, and that's, you know what? I want that to be a lesson for everybody. If you take anything from this at all, in this digital age, in this social media age, where your thoughts can go from your stupid brain to your stupid fingers to the world in less than a second, just don't say shit, yo. It's so, so fucking easy to not say anything. I don't understand, for as lazy as people are, <laughs> where do they get the energy to always have some shit to say? Like, these, these are the same people, and this is what I've noticed, right? If you see someone post something on Instagram or Twitter, go into the thread, go into the comment section, find the first person who says something negative, I guarantee you when you click on their page, that shit is private. Why is it the motherfuckers who always have the most to say have they shit blocked off? Yo, we have to get all these people the fuck out of here. It's accountability. It's hard to be accountable when you're out there being an asshole all the time because no one's going <laughs> to like that shit. No one's going to like that shit. It's easy. It's actually the biggest form of laziness and trolling. And it's, it's mm. despicable. You know, I can't say that I've never done it, but usually when I'm being negative, it's not just for being negative or just to shit on somebody. It's usually I try to at least prove a point or at least prove my point of view. Mm -mm. Uh, some people just go in there and just be negative. I'm not saying that's what Billy's doing. I think she just misguided. She took the low-hanging fruit, and I think even now, as she sits back and dives more into what she said, she probably can figure out what was wrong in what she said. Right. So also, we don't need to crucify her. Just um. Uh, you know, try to have a little bit more compassion, a little bit more intelligence when you're speaking about something that you may not know something fully about. 
and that's honestly that was gonna be an, another point I wanted to make too. Like when I first heard the headline, and then I saw like Styles P responded, I thought this was I thought she said something crazy, and then I read the comment and I was like, oh, it was stupid, it was unnecessary, but it wasn't like we don't we don't have to like throw her out for this. Like people have said our our president has said worse shit. Like come on, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. That's going to wrap up mostly everything for this episode. Before we get out of here, I want to take you down to Choo Choo Recommendation Station. <laughs> Motherfucker here. Yes, I stole that from another podcast, but we're going to use it anyway. So, Ace. Fuck it. Go ahead and give us a recommendation. A movie, TV show, or book, or just anything that our listeners would like to get into or maybe want to check out. Hmm. Okay, so... Me and Wifey been watching this show, You, on Netflix. Y-O-U. I would say, if you need something to make you question your own personal morals, if you need something to just completely immerse you in a what-if world, watch this show. Like, it's... Ah, it's nothing like sci-fi. It's nothing like crazy like that. It's, it's very... It's almost scary how real the show could be. Give me the elevator pitch. The, 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 I'm in the elevator with you. We're going to the 13th floor. Say what you got to say to make me want to watch this show. Yo, watch this show. It's a mind fuck. <laughs> there you go. That's it. There's no cleaner I way. I can tell that you are not in sales at all. <laughs> uh, yes. no, I am not. Like... <laughs> I'm I'm an I'm an emotional seller. Like that shit moves me. I want it to move you. Well, <laughs> well, you you gotta be staring at you like directly in the eyes when you say like, look me in the eyes. Listen, so you listen to my voice so you can believe me when I say watch this shit. Uh, <laughs> I am definitely a big Yo, fan of you. That's me. I have seen both seasons. They are great. Uh, I love the second season because it has a couple of twists and turns that you definitely didn't expect. I know it's based on mm. a a series of books. Uh, I think it's two or three books, uh, and they vary. Apparently, the show is very different, but the books are great. The show is great. I love it. Me and wife have seen all of the episodes. It's definitely great. Nice. Yeah, definitely go see you. You is definitely dope. For me, I'm going to suggest something else on Netflix. I'm going to su suggest hmm. a different show. It's going to be the documentary on Aaron Hernandez. Really? I remember when it went down, it was a very big story, very interesting watch. I think they leaned really, really hard on the whole gay angle. I'm not going to give away too much right now, mm. but they do get into a lot of things. Let's just say if things like homosexuality and CTE piques your interest, then this is the thing for you. Oh, also, very, very sloppy murders. So you get the true crime. You get the mental health <laughs> thing. You, you, you get the, uh, what, what do they say on Twitter? The gay agenda getting pushed down your throat that everybody's so scared of. Oh, right. You know, <laughs> you know? so... And, and mind you, what is this gay agenda? What, like, 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 I want to see it. What is it? Wear more rainbow shirts? You know? Fucking Bruh, drink, I, drink better tasting cocktails? Work out more? What is this gay agenda? Honestly, I don't, like, I, I see a lot of people talking about it. I don't, maybe because I don't have kids. I don't know what the fuck that is. Um, I'm a person with my own functional brain who can make his own decisions. So, <laughs> I don't know. You're going to have to holler at, at, at Twitter and, and maybe you can get an answer there. <laughs> I am actually going to do that. I'm going to hop on Twitter and just say, can somebody fill me in on what this gay agenda is? Just so we can all get on the same page. Because I hear gay agenda and it's just like, 
you know, there's really no specifics. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't understand what that term means. So there you go. You find out the answer. You let us know. <laughs> yes. So uh, it, it's not too long. It's good. I think it's uh, three or four episodes. The first one's like an hour. The other ones is like you know a half hour, forty five minutes, something like that. So it's not really long. You could do it in a day. You could do it in the afternoon or or, or over the weekend. Definitely something great. Make sure you guys go ahead and check it out. Oh shit! All right. So for now, make sure you guys check out two twenty four the basement right now on the LWC podcast feed. So just regularly go to where you listen to Love War Challenges at. Should be available on YouTube also. Yes, sir. And uh, if you want to get in touch with us personally, you can always holler at me on Twitter or Instagram. A-C-E underscore M-E-D-A, the number four. MTV Malik, where they got you at? Make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Malik underscore MTV. I'm not too hard to find. Just look for whoever's getting dragged this week. I'm not too far away. Oh, shit. That's going to close us out this week. Thank you guys for listening. This is 224 The Basement.